0: Today, we're talking to Robert Cochrane, Workplace Savings, Innovation and Engagement Specialist at Scottish Widows, to find out what value for money means to him.
1: Welcome to the 14th episode of VFM. I'm delighted, as ever, to be joined by my co-host, the one and only
0: suntanned sort of <laughs> Darren Philp. How was your holiday? It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, went up the volcano in Lanzarote, which was which was which was brilliant, and yeah. got to spend lots of time um, relaxing with the family, which was which was amazing. And um, you know, did you miss me, Nico? Uh,
1: I Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing what uh, missing. You know, when we see each other every week. To do this. Uh, it's amazing what missing one week does. I know,
0: I know. And I couldn't be happy uh, to sat next to um, Mr TCFD, uh, <laughs> the one and only Nico Aspinall. Hello. Uh, and today we're delighted to be joined by Robert Cochran. Welcome. Thank you very much guys. And, and and Robert, let's start at the top, yeah. Um, you're <laughs> most famous for driving the Pensions Bus, aren't you? And what on
2: what, what earth is that about? <laughs> Right, let me take you right back. (laughs) And let's be clear, it wasn't my boss. So uh, how how did that come about? Um, Back to 2015, 2014, a little company, I noticed them appear on Twitter, um, Pension Geeks. They were going, right, we're trying to revolutionise pension engagement. And I thought, well, okay, that that looks really interesting. I got them to come in and then... um, He came and spoke to me about this idea of getting a bus and driving it around the country, a big bus branded for pensions and driving it around the country. And I thought, that's crazy. (laughs) "Uh, Okay, let's go and give it a go. And I went to speak to Jackie Leeper, my boss, and she's like, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. And we just went to various city centres. And I actually got various people to come on it. Henry Tapper came on it, for example. Um, Went to different city centres and it was a bit hit and miss. You know, some places it was dead, some places it was quite busy. And I thought, but what you're doing here is really good. Um, and I thought, well, how we can make this work is if I start taking it to employers, because I can control the flow of people mm-hmm. you can get them to market to their own people. So the next year, um, I, I managed to agree to do it and um, take it to five employers across the week. Uh, once I got one committed, it became easier yeah. to get the yeah. other ones committed. Yeah. And actually took the, the Scottish widow out to meet some of them as well. So she, she came on site as well. Uh, but that's a whole big collab, I can tell you that.
1: What did you write on the side of the bus? I think that's the oh, my yeah, critical yeah, yeah. question. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, uh, <laughs> Let us not go there. But um,
2: yeah, it's, it, and what we did was we we ran presentations on the top floor. Uh-huh, uh, so yeah. downstairs, we realised we need some fun stuff. So there was... Yeah. We got this age me stuff so you come in you get a print out of you being aged you take that back to your desk hey look i'm aged and this is when i can get my pension and you know, get people excited and they would come along and then it became a four week thing Yeah. and then as, uh, then it became our own vehicles because the bus did break down quite a few times right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit uh, there was a bit of brand reputational risk there of us, us Was us the turning tour bus? were you sleeping on this yeah. bus? <laughs> 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 we yeah. sleeping on it. it wasn't that comfy <laughs> so then we got our own vehicles um, no. we called oh, them we RVs, yeah, 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 our okay, retirement yeah. vehicles one and two no, okay. and okay. one of them was just a presentation zone yeah. and Guy Opperman came on that and yeah. got, got a presentation presentation and it was brilliant kit and then covid hit and we had oh, to yeah. retire it um yeah. but when i was it was big really really, yeah, really I, big.
0: I, I do remember
2: it and um it was it was almost like a precursor to the engagement season in a way wasn't it It, 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 it was and, and that was to be fair that was pension awareness week which was set up by the by the geeks yes. um, the, the one thing about that whole tour was how many of my colleagues loved doing it because yeah. yeah. we because we had to t- you know man it so we take our own people out to do that um, we had people from the DWP come on, we had people from Pensionwise come on, yeah. and it was just, it was just great. Um, we did have the waspy woman coming um, and saying they were going to lie in front of the bus. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, the bus doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it dries somewhere and it's there for the day. But, uh, they did come along a couple of times. So <laughs>
1: Uh, well, we're going to hear much more yep. about your your career and, uh, and anecdotes like that. Uh, but a quick update on our listeners' question. We were overwhelmed, I think it's fair to say, with, with, the, response. The, with the response. So two responses two to responses. how long? Three? Um, two. Two. I said two. Oh, no. Um, to, 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 to our question about how long the podcast should be. Uh, so one which we'll listen to, which says we're happy with our current length. Uh, And one which we'll take on advisement, which is uh, we should do 25 minutes. I think that's probably one
0: one statement from me, isn't it? It's it like is. half a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I just don't think that this person knows you. If <laughs> you you could get you to shut up. I can't say anything minutes. interesting in twenty five minutes. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to you have to
1: wait for me. Um, so thank you for that. But obviously a sample of two, I think statistically, the statistician inside me goes, no, that's not that's not big enough. So please do keep letting us know on vfmpensions at gmail uh, how long you think our episodes would be. So so hopefully more than more than two responses, we can start to.
0: Well, we we won't shorten ourselves if yeah, if, if, if that's, that's
2: what, the if, if that's, that's what the, the vote um, of the crowd. Yeah, exactly. and so, so let's put Robert on the spot. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, what's, what's the podcast like? What's the idea length, what's like? An ideal yeah. podcast like? Um, my daughter lives uh, in Dundee, and it's about a fifty-minute drive. Oh, uh, it's fifty minutes to an hour. So I listened to, um, I listened to your response, and the uh-huh. way up to yeah. the uh, tartan exhibition at the V and A on Tuesday this week. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> it suit, suits me fine. Or a dog walk, you know. It's like yes, yeah, yeah, it's more I than think... 25 minutes, about, about an hour, I would yeah, say. Yeah,
0: so. okay, cool. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not, not far off. off. No, no, we're not far off, we're not far off. Um, so, um, great that you've joined us, Robert. Thanks mm, very, thank very, very much for, for spending the time. Um, and as always, we start with the news. And as our as our esteemed guest, um, what have you got for us?
2: Okay, um, so I was a bit alarmed because it's been Easter break and there wasn't much news, but mm. then there's been a proliferation in the last couple of days. And the thing that grabbed my eye, as somebody who's interested in engagement particularly, was TPT, Retirement Solutions Research, that said two-thirds of women aged between 50 and 59 admit that they're unsure of the retirement savings balance. Right. It sounds more than I would expect. Um, And I I, I, I found it a bit challenging the last year or so, the the amount of negative headlines that are being promoted within the industry. This one actually looks like it's based on pretty decent research because they had over 2,000... Um, people between um, the ages of 50 and 59 took part, uh, and women were uh, si- 66%, I guess, who didn't know what they had, and men was 51%. Yeah. I wouldn't recognize that across our book, yeah. but um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and we'll come back to that later I'm on sure today, I yeah. think, because um, engagement is an important element of how people experience their pension fund. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and I suppose with all these surveys, and we have touched on this before, mm. um, it depends on a, well, it, it depends on the questions you ask. Exactly. It depends on how you ask the questions, and it depends what you want the headline to be. You know yeah. and, and I think that you know within the pension sector in particular we know that bad news sells yeah. um, and that is a key challenge that we've all got when it comes to doing the stuff that you do Robert, yeah. getting out there talking to people and trying to promote yeah. pensions as a as a positive thing and a, yeah. a, you know a good thing for people to do I mean if you, if you turn it around and say one-third of women in their
1: 50s know what their pensions balance is and take us back 20 years and ask those same okay. women what their DB balance is, what their state pension accrual is—I'd mm. be impressed if it's further than you. Yeah. Um, so I think we've made quite a lot of positive steps in that. Obviously, there's then a question, which I'm sure we will come back on to, is, which is how much do they need to know to get a good pension? Mm. Um, and let's put a pin in that one, yeah. <laughs> because I think that's going to be the next 40 minutes. Um, so what, but, have you, what have you got, Nico? Yeah, um, so uh, it has been a bit of a quiet uh, DC pensions news week. Um, there's no silly season in in uh, pensions, unfortunately, but uh, Easter break. Christmas. There is over Christmas. <laughs> the Easter break seems to be, well, you know, feedback for your policy clients, oh, yeah. a great place to... Uh, uh, release interesting DC stories because uh, it's been a bit of a dearth um, but I did find a pensions expert story uh, which is based on a report by uh, Armand uh, Financial Planning um, which looks at pension shortfalls by geography um, which is quite an interesting analysis the headline is obviously nobody's saving enough um, but then by region uh, essentially the areas with the smallest deficit are Scotland and Northern Ireland mm. um, And the areas with the largest deficit, London, Plymouth, Luton, Nottingham, Portsmouth, it goes on. Um, And on average, £115,000 short. So obviously, with some heroic assumptions around the PLSA living standards and what people should be aspiring to and all that kind of stuff. um, But I'm sure those ladies in their 50s, um, if they've... uh, got the opportunity still to contribute a little bit more into their pensions it would be useful if they knew that kind of statistic. Mm. Uh, But yeah I thought it was quite interesting that they got into the geography of it and uh, you know we talk about various pension gaps uh, but the regional pension gap I think is something that that, that I'm I'm quite interested in uh, as someone who hopes to retire in London.
2: Yeah yeah, definitely and and I used to call in Northern Ireland so Mm -hmm. like uh, I looked after We'll come on to that in a minute, but I looked after Scotland and Northern Ireland as a pension specialist. And you go over to Northern Ireland, one of the things there is the number of people that work for government organisations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much higher there than it is in many other parts of the country. Yeah, yeah, So you would expect to see them to be better pensioned. Whether they understand that and whether that's included in that research or not, I, I couldn't say. Yeah, another good idea. And when you did the the bus tour,
0: did you make sure you had a good regional
2: spread? Oh um, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. you fueled the bus up and made sure you oh. were going from... One day the bus went overnight from Aberdeen to um, Huddersfield. Right, wow. So we were in Aberdeen. Yeah. I, so I, I had, had to get from Aberdeen to Huddersfield uh, yeah. as well, because um, we went from one... We, we have a lot of clients up in Aberdeen in, in the what was the, like, the offshore oil yeah, industry, yeah, yeah. and we also looked after um, biz, um So we had to get to Huddersfield Stadium. Uh, right. <laughs> and l- I, literally, that was another time where I arrived before the bus in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> they had two drivers driving you yeah. overnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's a big old journey in a car. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. What have you got, Darren? What have I got? So um, hot off the press, and uh, this is um, more stuff uh, this time in professional pensions about um, the lifetime allowance. And the headline is very much that, you know, the Labour Party's choice of the LTA is an election battleground is branded short-sighted. Um, but, you know, reading the article, it's, you know, there were bigger issues to solve. That's the the whole thrust of this. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it was, there were reasons why the LTA got abolished, to deal with the doctors and to deal with, um, you know, um, wider, wider issues than just pensions. But for me, it comes back to a lot of the stuff that we've discussed before around, we need some stability on this, because you know you can argue about the merits of having an LTA or not, and what's the best way of limiting tax relief and making yeah. sure it's focused. But if you're just gonna have one party abolish it, and then two years later, depending on an election, another party reintroducing it, it just adds that complexity in the system, it damages trust and confidence, mm-hmm. and, and, and what we need is that long-term consensus coming back to pensions commission stuff that we've, we've yeah. talked about before. So, you know, I don't want to get into the rights and wrongs of LTA values and how to where tax relief should be targeted. But we just need a system that is broadly stable, yeah. you know, and, and, and it must confuse it, right well, confuses people in the industry, I'm sure. But Robert, from your experience, when you talk to people, you know, um, it,
2: it must create confusion out there as well. Yeah, it's a total contagion effect as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is one specific um, tax on one specific allowance but people don't really understand all of that stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it just feels like oh wait a minute you're taking away all the tax stuff I, did I could <laughs> get by doing a pension yeah. all, all that's going away yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah you know lots of people don't don't understand that they've had tax relief or, on their pension you know I can think of a number of people that I've met uh, on Various different events where they'll come up to you and go, It's ridiculous, I'm having to pay tax on this money on my pension. I got taxed away and I get taxed away <laughs> out. Yeah. You're like, No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> you, you weren't taxed away and you got taxed. Away. It c- could have be been all employer contribution, so they never saw any tax relief. Yeah, right. So yeah. they go, like, Wait, this is just a rip off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the general public's understanding of how pension um, tax works is pretty far removed from the nuances of of LTE.
0: Well, it's like as soon as you put the word tax in something, you know, it's it's got negative connotations, has not it? So even though it's tax relief. Yeah. Yeah. The focus would always be on the word tax and tax is bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a lot of people's eyes. I I just pick up on the stability point. I mean, um,
1: so we we had Julius on the other day and uh, he disclosed that he'd made quite a lot of money from the the LTA being removed which in retrospect, I was slightly confused by because he can't, you can only chuck in 60 grand now as opposed to 40 grand. So it must have been that he was facing a tax bill and being over the LTA before, yes, which yeah. he won't now face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but so, you know, people in that circumstance, when and if Labour put it in, will go to their tax planner, get the new version of enhanced protection, yeah, <laughs> and be exempted. Yeah. So, so who is going to make the most money from it? The tax planners. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, to be honest, the the horse has bolted. So um, you know, there's there's. I think the real discussion should be, uh, and we touched on this last time, uh, flat rate tax relief. Mm. Uh, and do we want? How on earth do you have a system which has DB and DC, yeah. which is equitable to both of those? Yep. Yep. So the LTA is really a DB thing, yep. Yep. Uh, and it makes sense that you have an input tax on money purchase contributions yep. because From. that's the only thing you can really control. Yep. Uh, so how do you when you're a hybrid and you've got both of those things that's the challenge yeah so maybe we
0: just need to close all the DB schemes and chuck it into dc no that's okay. yeah. <laughs> that's um, going to get henry comments and, and, <laughs> and if any um if any academics <laughs> are part of the uss scheme want to email nico don't email the general um, bfm <laughs> <laughs> inbox but you know, use nico's consultancy yeah, do it yeah.
1: do it on my, my linkedin <laughs> we can have a debate yeah <laughs> um well i mean as you know i think my favorite System would be the hybrid. I think yeah. if I was to have, if I was to pick any pension that is out there, I think the, the USS plan yeah. would be the one I'd yeah. go for. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. career average up to fifty-five grand. I think yeah, it may, it's yeah. indexed up a bit, maybe, yeah. and DC top up on top of that. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. We don't need CDC. Um, we need a mixture yeah. of. Flexibility on both
0: sides, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to have to pick up on the CDC yeah. stuff, I think. Um, but before we do that, and before we talk about value for money more generally, um, as well as being a bus driver, or bus <laughs> no, no, not no bus driver. Did Let's you get you to bus drive bus. the bus? That's no. the that's uh, the. I got to sit in a seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bus conductor. Yeah, bus um, conductor. Yeah. How did you get into pensions work?
2: Okay, uh, so I I did a degree in marketing and finance at university. Um, Really wanted to be a venture capitalist. This was way back in the late '80s and '90s. Used to watch TV programs. That's what I wanted to do. I actually, got went through a whole load of interviews in Scotland and got put forward for this one job with Three I. Had to come down to London. Um, and was pitted against the brightest uh, down here, and they were brighter than me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, partly because I hadn't done uh, A-levels. And they g- like, gave you an a- A-level maths exam on the day, and I'm like, right. well, what? <laughs> we don't do A-levels in Scotland, we <laughs> <Yeah>, doing <yeah, yeah. laughs> <laughs> different stuff. So I didn't end up getting that job that I, that I was looking for. Um, and it was a it was a recession on at the time, and I ended up just taking a graduate trainee role with McDonald's, um, mm-hmm. which I yeah. did for a period of time. Fascinating learning, yeah, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, better paid doing that than I was actually when I joined pensions. Um, Your company car, you were like, you're running, you're effectively running a business Um, and it it, it was, it was fantastic learning but really really hard work. Yeah, yeah. And after, after doing that for a year and a bit one of my friends uh, in Glasgow said I've just joined um, this company NPI and they're looking for more graduate trainees if you're interested in it. Um, I went along I did did the interview and got recruited and went down to work in Manchester. You know those little swirls, uh, giving them out. (laughs) Went through, through, so it was a pensions, a proper pensions uh, immersion right into pensions. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did all the exams, um, and then out as a broker consultant up in. I moved then, then I moved to Edinburgh, which I've lived ever since. Uh, um, Yeah, started off at NPI, did a number of years there, broker consultancy. Um, drawdown came in um, yeah. and I was like really interested in that kind of stuff like new stuff the GAD uh, yeah, limits GAD limits, so. the yeah, M- yeah. K10, my K20 exams was yeah, out there yeah, yeah. Um, but doing the first drawdown that lots of advisors ever did yeah. you know mm-hmm. helping them because we had a really good proposition at NPI at the time and then our, but you didn't really earn any money uh, right. uh, <laughs> so then we moved to Scott Am and it was a bit you know into group business yeah um, and then from Scotland I moved to Widows as a pension specialist. Yeah. And, and when you know, did you join Scottish Widows? Oh, 21 years ago. Twenty-one uh, years yeah, ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have had the opportunity to do lots of different things there. Yeah. So uh, you know, big flagship things would have been things like when pension freedoms came in. Um, I kind of got the the role of building a website, and even though yeah, even right. though I was in, uh, I hadn't really been doing that kind of thing. I had quite a good understanding of what people thought about stuff and i, I went to customer research every single week and watched people uh, trying to make sense of this whole new world that we yeah, were delivering yeah, yeah. um and I, I loved the stuff that they said you know like, like i can still remember a guy in kind of like a white suit like the man from del monte and he's, he's there going you know what i hate i hate all that city boy language they use and it's just <laughs> full of it it's just <laughs> full of city boy language we were trying to come up with with you know new names for these BCE crystallization right places, yeah, and yeah yeah i yeah. try and get some kind of co- um, agreement of, of what we would what we do uh, and then uh, we got the challenge to build our website six months before pension freedoms came in um which i wasn't really looking i remember cycling home that day going god right, yeah, yeah. I was like all these brilliant things we're going to do now i'm going to have to do it all really quickly but yeah. it, was a, it was actually a really good discipline to actually build it and i, I went to the treasury i went to um, what became pension wise because then they were still getting set up and they didn't really know what they were trying to do yeah, uh, yeah. so we'd already built it all went to the behavioural insight team shared with them how we'd designed and built um, the support so, and it was, it was a fantastic time and yeah. actually um, culminated me you'd gone on the one show um, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh came, I came, didn't know you were on the oh no, look, <laughs> you <it's, it's laughs> surpassed us yeah. Yeah. They, they came up to interview me in Edinburgh about how people were spending their money right? yeah, uh, You yeah, know yeah, what, yeah. What, what were people actually doing and um yeah, there were. I was just trying to make sure that we got clean ones because right. uh, there was there was people taking their money out to go to Thailand. Yeah. Right. Uh, men going yep. to Thailand yep. to get yep. married and all that stuff. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, <laughs> Let's keep this stuff. That's right. why
0: it's tax incentivized. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. we did, um, when I was at People's Pension, we did the New Choices Big Decisions research mm. yeah. um, jointly with State Street. And that was some qualitative research. Um, tracking people through yep. how they were spending their yep. money and, and stuff is absolutely fascinating. Mm. But you know, the, I think there was a Thailand example within that as well. Yeah, and there was gold coined examples. Uh, of, uh. You know, It's like you know, people ringing up from Thailand are saying, um, Oh, I've run out of money. Can you send me some more please? was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like that. I want to yeah. access a pinch of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I suppose one of the one of the key challenges around that time as well, is that we obviously had the George Osborne announcement, yep. um, yeah. which sent Whole industry into confusion. Yeah. Basically, um, they mm. needed to sort of bring it in before the election because yeah. it was mm. an electoral ploy, or, or partly an electoral yeah. ploy. Um, but all the rules and regulations, and the FCA guidance, and you know TPR guidance, and what pension wise were doing, it was all it was being developed in tandem. Yeah, so oh, you yeah, know, developing a, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was yeah. on the hoof, yeah. wasn't it? So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting time, yeah. and you know, I think that yeah, really interesting to see how stuff got delivered really, really quickly. Yeah. And good quality stuff that got really, really good good delivered really, really quickly. But what you what happens in that type of environment is you can lose the testing. And you can you can potentially lose the quality because because ultimately in the rush to get things done. Yeah, yeah, you have to cut corners. Yeah. And it's the insight it's the testing, it's the really understanding what drives people's decision making that is really important to get stuff like
2: that right. Uh, Yeah. I think one of the things we got right was we started really, 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 really early. As soon as it happened, we started. And I was literally, that was it from now on. You're just doing this. Yeah, right? yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, building yeah, a website yeah, to yeah, help yeah, people. Yeah. Someone else, you're just the designing the telephony approach of yeah. how we support people. Um, mm, and on day one, at quarter to eight in the morning, there's 180 people waiting uh, yeah, in yeah, the right, queue. Right. Yeah. And these are people that have already ordered... Uh, cur- Curtains, carpets, conservatories, yeah, 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 all that yeah, stuff is yeah. already ordered yeah, and just waiting. Can you pay the invoice for me? there's examples like
0: that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I thought it was a fascinating. Because I mean, I, I, I've been trying to do some research on annuities post freedom of choice. And what's really amazing to me is that, so the ABI used to do an annual uh, like annuity uh, report data pack. Uh, and the year to the end of 2013 is the last year they do it. Because like (laughs) as soon as George Osborne stands up in the house, they're like, oh, well, this is obviously no longer that interesting. So it passes over to the FCA, um, and they've been doing is more retirement statistics. So uh, annuities are on the rise, um, but we're talking about 13% of people, I think. And if you look at the value that's going into annuities... I, I can't prove it from what I see on the on the FCA's page, but I think it's all guaranteed annuity rates coming up for grabs because mm. they're very small parts and yeah. I don't think you could go and broker them. Something like two thirds of the parts are sub £10,000. Right. So I don't think you could broker a £10,000 open market mm. annuity. Um, so I assume it's policies that were opened in the you know, yeah, 70s Yeah, there's a huge amount of those um, so yeah uh, you know just trying to get a, a clear view as to let's call it the, the pensions annuity market or the, the DC corporate annuity market it's just really difficult it must be absolutely tiny um, growing but tiny mm-hmm. um, and yeah the, the sort of shockwaves of that that stuff from George Osborne still, still reverberating around the industry. But, well,
2: one of the themes from your previous podcast is that a number of people have been on here saying that your pension should be all about income, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. all about generating an yeah. income. The um, interesting thing for me is going and meeting people that that's not how they think about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was at a, a, a big employer site um, just two weeks ago and the bulk of the people had defined benefits. Right. Yeah. And... None of them, yeah, none of them spoke about the income they would get from that defined benefit scheme. They all spoke about the cash flow and transfer value. Right. And most of them have transferred out. The ones that hadn't transferred out, were going. I've right. lost all this money. And I was like, well, you still got the same income." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't understand. I've lost all this money. Um, the, people don't. Although the industry yep. wants us, to, wants them to think about income, it's big number, small number. Yeah. It's like. I've got a whole load of money or I've got something which is quite small for the rest of my life it feels small I feel rich or I feel poor I feel like I can give something to my family if I die I feel I can give them nothing and and that's always going to be the problem that we have as we try to put the toothpaste back in the tube as you try to go back to the focus on income, we might all agree that that's the right yeah, thing to yeah. do. Yeah. They've had the same problem in Australia. You need mm-hmm. to create value protected annuities where people feel that they've at least got their money back. Yeah. 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 Well, this is
1: so. Sort so of the, the
2: angle of me looking at
1: annuities is just to understand where the any innovation has happened Yeah. Uh, and spoiler alert. No, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't appear to be, but you know, that, that lockup of the annuity is really, really toxic. Yeah. Um, But run, seeing it, I'm not sure I see it as the toothpaste going back into the tube. It's two very awkward things in one wrapper. So the DB income for life, guaranteed, you know, comparable to the state pension, comparable to uh, all sorts of things, plus savings account. And what we've never really done is have a national conversation, even amongst the experts, as to what we're talking about when we talk about DC. Mm. And so, as a result, we have these kind of talking past each other. Oh, I think even if you've got £5,000, we should be generating, you know, 25 quid a month Mm. for you. Um, Versus, no, 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 you know, it's a savings account. You should be paying down credit card debts or, you know, having a bit of fun with it or whatever. Uh, And until we can actually be brave enough to have that conversation, because there's plenty of vested interests on both sides, um, and actually have a political process which welcomes that conversation as opposed to trying to score points. Um, then you know I think we're going to be stuck in this camp of well we'll just leave it to the consumer and to my mind it's very obvious from all the behavioral finance research the consumer wants cash Um, and very very there's a few very enlightened consumers Mm. who will will think about it but on your kind of risk spectrum they're desperately risk averse right Mm. Um, so I think it's really hard to to have that kind of topic Easily with a with
0: a consumer, right? and, and and Robert, a question for you on this about linking it to dashboards, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. because that's going to make this a lot more visible to people for the first time. And we'll probably talk about apps mm-hmm. and engagement and stuff in, well, a, in a little while. But the the whole, okay, I feel rich, I feel poor, depending on how the information is presented. Do you, do you think the dashboard is going to help on that?
2: Or well, I think the dashboard plan was to, to show income. It was uh, so. Um, there is a desire within probably government and within you know, certain parts of the industry just to show income mm. to, so that people I, I don't know if you're trying to hide the fact that they've got a big pension pot or mm-hmm. you're trying to get them to think actually think uh, long term income um, do I think the dashboard will help? The dashboard will help hugely um, if I take you to <laughs> just to say we're,
1: we are recording live, yeah, um, live. the builders it's not my builders um, but they're, they're making a good noise apologies listeners but we'll crack on yeah uh,
2: so what, one of really the interesting thing is so if, I, if i don't look at the dashboard but I look at something else so if you're at scottish widows mm. and you bank with lloyd's or ha- halifax or bank school you can see your pension next to your bank account yeah mm-hmm. um and that that is hugely valuable to people because it's friction free. They don't have to do anything, yeah, so they're used. To, yeah, yeah, so they're used to seeing the pot. Yesterday, I was doing um, a, a session for speaking at PMI next week, and the panel were getting together. And one of the ladies was on the panel was like, "Yeah, I, I can see my pension, Scotchford's pension next to my Halifax bank account, and it's just there. It's easy. Yeah. So they know what they've got. Um, so if I take you back to my research piece at the beginning, with all these." Um, all these women in their 50s two-thirds have no idea what they've got in their pension savings yeah we can fix that just through technology right Uh, we can fix it quite easily and if i was looking at things that we would be doing um to help people understand what they've got in their pensions um it would be fixing those things ahead of some of the other stuff that we're doing yeah um i have three questions for pensions what have i got is it enough and what can i do next yeah and w- that came from doing the bus. Like, people are going to be interested if you can tell them what they've got. Yeah. So once they get to the point of knowing what they've got, this is which, which is why engagement's important, and it doesn't really feature in this VFM um, the consultation. consultation. There's yeah. one question on it, mm. and that question, even some of the examples they give you are bad examples, things like, you yeah. know, f- oh, measure it by fun switches. That's not relevant. It's yeah, no, 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 irrelevant yeah. for people. Yeah.
1: Um, well, it's so old school. Yeah. I mean, had, I remember throwing that stuff out 15, 20 years ago, as, you know, in-house for Barclays and yeah. as a consultant and yeah. just coming across like, oh, engagement means you're not invested in the default. It's like, no, what? Yeah. No,
2: no, it First thing is, what have I got? Yeah. Once you know what you've got, then you can start, well, is that good? Is that bad? Yeah. So then is it enough? Make it easy for people to work out if it's enough. And then what can I do next? Yeah take the friction out of that stuff um, and it will really, really, really help people. Yeah. But, there, but there's
1: two, there's sort of two worldviews here, aren't there? So, so there's one which is, um, this is basically an inertial thing. Yeah. We get you into it. Um, there are various questions because it's multi-employer and I'm just a trustee and I don't have sure. that link. and I, I can't really talk to the decision makers about adequacy. Sure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and maximise on whatever basis Um, you know probably some sort of measure of income for life maximize the value of that contribution Uh, and that to me is how the vfm consultation is basically framed yeah the other world view is um, you know i should be talking to people about adequacy i should be talking to people about what's enough i should be expecting the consumer to interface with their their dashboard their their panel from the uh, the product that they're in and to be making those decisions you know well ahead of being 68 right so I feel like those two worlds, um, they're not, neither of them is wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but the framework here in the consultation is very much, you know, we didn't set this up with engagement. Nobody actually decided to be in a pension uh, or the contribution rate. So what we need to do is charge the trustees to mm. do as well with that as, as, as possible. Yeah. Um, and then I think the difficult political question is how do you do good stuff, with that engagement with people who are, you know, sensibly worried about whether they've got enough um, and still, you know, demonstrate that it's value for money in that kind of disengaged framework. Yeah,
0: which is a beautiful segue almost. Oh, perfect. Into, uh, Robert, what does VFM mean <laughs> to
2: you? What does VFM mean to me? Um, well, I see maybe Spotted, well, I <laughs> know you Spotted, I, r- I actually ran a poll asking other people what VFM yes, meant yeah, for them on LinkedIn. Um and I used an example, uh, my own example of what was VFM in my life. So mm. I said, let's forget about pensions. Looking at your own life, something that you spend or have spent money on, yeah. what feels to you like value for money? Mm. So let's take it to, to that level there. And I, the example I gave was actually my North Face bag. So mm. I used it today, um, traveled down to London. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do a lot of traveling and I've been through a lot of bags. But <laughs> since I bought that bag, I paid a bit more for it. Mm sturdier wheels, much bigger zips and it means i don't I don't want to be carrying stuff about getting no. I'm, I'm getting old to get sore back, so <laughs> if I just pull it behind it's reliable so that felt to me that that was value for money f- yeah. for me. And then if I look at what people have answered, uh, there has been all kinds of answers in the question. So one of the things that comes out of it is durability. So you can only yeah. value, you can only judge value for money afterwards, right? Yeah. After you've looking back, yep. it, it helps you to. I mean, it's much easier to judge value for money looking back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so somebody got a, a Selmar charger from from the dad that the dad got in 1972 uh, for charging up car batteries, and he had to use it in lockdown, and he's like. It still works. So it's <laughs> brilliant! My taxi driver today coming to the airport. I was like to ask him, well, "What was value for money for you?" And he's yeah. like, uh, "No, can't think of anything." <laughs> and I was like, well, "Oh, okay, you know, come on." I'll give so I gave an example of my bag that we just put in the boot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I've had these shoes for five years, <laughs> and they're still comfy." I got a pair of Adidas uh, yeah. traders and they were wrecked after three months, and these pairs still. Uh, so durability is yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that came out of it quite a lot was well-being things. Okay. So people are spending money on things that are, are, are contributing to their well-being. So uh, yoga, um, uh, Eve from Smart, Eve Reed from Smart, she was in a choir. It's uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit like your piano yeah, lessons, yeah. yeah. So she's... Um, uh, somebody else uh, taking ballet lessons. Perhaps, so is that, know, is perhaps that I that even I should do a duet. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't, didn't offer to do it, mate. No, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is thats that... Is that um, what's making you, that you're spending money on, that's making you feel better. Yeah. Gym membership came out from quite a few people, and I think that's a fascinating one because gym membership is going to be great value for money for some people, but there's going to be yeah. a whole load yeah, of people yeah, yeah, that yeah. is terrible value for money yeah, for. In it, the <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm in the former. Because they never go, yeah, but I'm definitely in the, in the former as yeah. well. Um, so I, there was a few things that came out of it durability, peace of mind was another one. Yeah, so yeah. one I don't, know if I don't know if the Scottish people are a bit more boring, but when I asked the question there, <laughs> boiler insurance came out. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. you know, okay. Three okay. people mentioned boiler really? insurance. Uh, yeah, just, I think, just, again, it's peace of mind, isn't it? It's like yeah. peace of mind. They've probably had to use it and mm. they thought, God, imagine I was having to go and find somebody yeah, to come yeah, and do yeah, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it just happens. Um, and, and another thing I think I noticed is it's not static yeah. value for yeah. money. So yeah. it changes... Um, as your view of the world changes, yeah. So wine was a good example. And right. when I did it in 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 my um, the one internally in my work, one um, uh, one of, the, one of the colleagues was saying right. When I was younger, value for money for wine meant how much I could get right. for my money. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, it's like I'd rather have a really nice quality wine. And and Henry Tapper did a whole blog about the wine as well, yeah. like, it's quite detailed analysis of different <laughs> wines at uh, different it stores um, me, <laughs> but, but yeah there's that thing it's, it's in the eye of the beholder yeah right? yeah, yeah. but the, your eye can change over time yeah, yeah.
0: what would your item be Dan? what would my item be well Robert mentioned the piano lessons and yeah. that from a sort of well-being point of view mm-hmm. is, is, is really important to me because that's that's my time yeah it's yeah, yeah work yeah. time yeah and you know I'm never going to be a. Uh, you know, performance pianist or anything like that. But, you know, um, it's just it's it's just really good to have that time just to, to lose myself and do something totally different. Yeah. Um, I, I think I might have put this on LinkedIn as well. I'm a bit of an Apple free. You did. Yeah. yeah um, but um, I, 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 I love my MacBook Pro. Yeah. And, and I know it's a lot more expensive than other yeah. machines of similar power but it just works and it just works for me and um, it looks beautiful as well. (laughs) So I I get a lot of satisfaction from that.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it's really, so I was gonna pick piano music. Yeah. Because like for 15 quid, I bought all of the, the Chopin Preludes, Nocturnes, Waltzes, and, you know, that's a lifetime's worth of learning, yeah. the reusability or the, the replayability yeah. of, of the item, I think. Yeah. Um, and piano music, for me, it, it's just, it is dirt cheap. It's all out of copyright, basically. Yeah. Well, the ones that, you know, the one yeah. I play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can pick up for, I bought The Entertainer, which I can't play, um, for like three ninety nine. Wow. And you know, it's just it, 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 one of these days when I'm retired, I'll, I'll get myself a proper piano, and just that will be my life. And it will still be—it'll be 30 years old, you know. By I'll that just time. camp in John Charles's lounge.
0: <laughs> oh, he'll be sick of me by then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you translate that into pensions, Robert? Yeah. You know, is yeah. there any any sort of lessons and learnings um, from from your research?
2: I think it's a difficult one, right? Because it's going to be different different for different people. Yeah. Um, if I look at the membership, h- how do they value their pension? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably uh, it's probably a couple of things. It's one, how they experience it. And for many more people, they'll be experiencing it through their app, right? Yeah. Digitally. Yeah. And as time goes on, more and more people will do that. Yeah. And we'll get away from the, the two thirds of women in the 50s that don't know what they've got in their pension because it will be easier for them to do that. Um, I don't think any of that stuff's really in, in, in this research, no. right? Um, so there's how you experience it and what you get out of it yeah. are the two yeah. kind of things that are ways that you can measure that value for money. Yeah. When you're in your 30s and 40s, you can't get anything out of it. Yeah. You can only get your experience of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You can
0: get peace of mind.
2: You can get peace of mind, so coming back to that, yeah. definitely peace of mind is an element of that.
0: Yeah,
2: um, And it's only you can only do the second bit at the point where you become where you come to access yeah. it.
1: But, th- yeah. but this is where I think, that because there's, there's a conversation about retail and whether it should be in the consultation, yep. and then there's a conversation about decumulation and whether it should be in the yep. consultation. Right? So for me, the decumulation piece is the bigger miss. Sure. Because, as you say, you can't experience it in your 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So if you miss out the point that you can experience it from your value for money assessment... Then all of a sudden you've got this very awkward problem to face up to at some points in the future, and I know opinions differ on the the, the, the retail side. So for me on the prioritisation, yep. I I like in the consultation how the focus is on essentially what you get in retirement. Mm. I'd like that, um, and I like how the focus says if you can demonstrate that engagement leads to someone getting more in retirement, that is definitely something you should you should assess. Now I wonder if we're not getting to like two assessments because there's there's like. There's two markets here, isn't there? So there's the employer brokered, mm. uh, old corporate mentality, which is I actually want people to retire and, and you know, they've got a, a wider benefits package uh, and this needs to be a valued part of that. And so there's the value that the employer gets from it. Um, and but the mindset really is on this inertia. The employer probably doesn't can't remember which provider they're using, let alone, you know, could tell you the differences between them. So, that sort of AE VFM is kind of mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're getting. Yeah. So, is there a different question, which is how does the, how does, it's almost like an employee value question, uh, the EVP part of the, the journey. Is that, uh, I'm sort of, I'm struggling, I'm groping slightly,
2: but. Uh, um, do you see where I'm coming from? See, I can see where you're coming from. Um, and from a Scotch Winners point of view, in our response, we've definitely said that, you know, you should be thinking about, um, the drawdown element to mm-hmm. the, the decumulation element and also the money that gets transferred away right yeah, um, yeah. because um you know people are moving from uh, a charge cap proposition to a non-charge cap proposition they're doing that throughout the life of it and yeah, they're also yeah. doing it through uh, at doing it at retirement and they're not really understanding that um so i sat i was at a dinner uh, just last month sitting next to a guy who's a fund manager who who'd, who'd transferred all of his old pots away to one of the consolidators. Uh-huh, yeah. He knew how many basis points he was paying now, but he didn't know at the point where he'd done it. And he's right. like, I can't believe how much I'm paying. Right, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's more than double what the standard average in our schemes is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if he feels he's getting value for that.
0: Yeah. Um, it depends, doesn't
2: it? It does depend. It does depend. And that's
0: my argument as to why we need retail within phase one because you need to be able to give people those tools to be able to make that comparison. Sure, sure. Um, so, so my question for you, Robert, on, on this yeah, is, um, yeah. we've got, we've obviously got, um, and, and, and just building on your point, Nico, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we're trying to do too many things with this yeah, consultation, yeah, yeah. actually, because there's the world where it's totally governed by inertia. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and there's a big school of thought in the industry that pensions is all about inertia so you need some external value for money benchmark to make sure that you know trustees are doing their jobs effectively IGCs are doing their jobs effectively and you know this is not for engaged people this is for you know, this is this is this is almost policing those institutions.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not that it's not for engaged people; yeah. it's that it needs to work without engagement. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. But then there's the and 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 that is about money in, money out, yeah. and you know, I would say good governance. governance yeah. and, you know, all of the stuff that is is probably what the DWP are picking up. Climate change, sustainability, totally missing, right? Yeah, so oh, that's yeah, my but, yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's the there's the wider added value. It's not bells and whistles because it is important to people. So it might be the fact that um, you, you value something because you, you can see the value on the your 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 bank account. Um, it is integrated more with open open finance. You can see all your money together on a dashboard and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, are we ever going to be able to compare apples with pears on this stuff, or you know, do, should we just be limiting the current VFM framework and well, assessment or, or, or the scope uh, in, of what
2: pensions and tax relief is? For, yeah. You know? mm. Well,
0: it, big uh, question.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> a big question, but I mean, I think it goes back to what what are they really trying to do with this VFM yeah. stuff, right? Is it really about value for members, or is it really about productive finance? Yeah, uh, finding ways to get money that can go in to help support the UK economy. Uh, uh, (laughs) Discussed. It it could be that Um, um, uh, we were. uh, It's moving away from charges, right? So we're saying it's not just charges, is what we're saying. It's not just charges. Yeah, and we have a consultation, which means that you might actually be able to charge more than the charge cap. If you, if I was to go, does that feel like value for money for a member? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it does. No. Right. So I think there's a number of competing things going on here, yeah, yeah, which are not member centric. They're the industry talking to the industry about things that the industry likes to talk about. We're all good at that, aren't we? That's what it feels, it feels like. like
0: that. We're, we're, we're guilty that. Well, we are. Exactly. We're, the, we're, the, we're the hub, we're the hub <laughs> of yeah, yeah. the... Yeah, but
2: that's what it feels like to me. And if I go and speak to members, it's a completely different... Yes. Uh, it's a completely but there, different... But there's the politics of VFM, right? Which yeah. is... So you, you can't avoid it, right?
1: So now that the, it's out of the box, sure. it's very hard to be the politician who goes like, we don't care about the value for money of the pensions industry. Mm. So... so you, you, you know, it's with us. Yeah. Um, uh, so the question is, can we as an industry turn it to something which is more fruitful for the member, mm. or for ourselves, right? That's, yeah. that's essentially the choices, the two parts that divide in the words. Yeah. So my sense is that the vested interest in the pensions industry, will always try and dominate. But what's very interesting in this is that there are quite a few different perspectives of Mm. who has the most vested interest. So it does feel like the most open debate, Mm. um, partly because we've been trying to put ourselves very deliberately at the heart of it. Mm. (laughs) Um, But then within all of this, how do you you assess the value by asking people when the value that you're trying to deliver is for people who don't know what they've got? Yeah. Um, And it is inherently it's an oxymoron it's a circular question isn't it
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so at some stage the patrician elite needs to kind of put their pin their colours at the mast and say this is what we think it is yeah. but the political process at the moment kind of says oh no we ask the industry and the industry goes oh well we'll talk to our own shops and
2: you know nobody's the member's really not in this yeah. Right? I mean, the, the consultants have been doing this, right? Because we have to do lots of benchmarking exercises mm-hmm. for the schemes that we look after. We get opportunities to go and pitch for schemes that are already there, and yep. we've got uh, the opportunity to lose schemes, um, right? And that isn't just about charges. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's already been happening. And I'd say fair play to Dez and his team at DWP. So last May, um, I ran an, a, a, an event in London where we had quite a first face-to-face event we'd run for a while. So we had all the consultants along, and Dez was along, did a breakout session where he was trying to create this consultation yep. and sat down and did just talking sessions with Pete Lancy, who's our head of policy, uh, Des, and groups of consultants. I hope, Des, I hope um, Pete listens to the podcast. I'm yeah, going to question him when I next see
0: him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, uh,
2: and we, we, we put them all, they all had the opportunity to hear from Des. And actual fact, a number of them offered um, to allow people from the DWP to go and shadow them. Yeah. to see how they did value for, for yeah. money assessments. Um, so I'd have to say they have been open and, and en- engaged yeah, with yeah, us. Okay, um, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm impressed with that. And he's actually coming back to our event in May the 18th um, where we'll run a- another event and he'll be on a panel. Um, Darren will be there, I'll be there, he'll yeah. be there. Yeah, yeah. And um, on that day, he'll be playing back some of that stuff mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. he's been to see. So to mm-hmm. the same audience, how did we end up? with this uh yeah. set of um judgments and,
1: and oh will it have come back out by that stage
2: well yeah. he'll have um he'll have some insight
1: <laughs>
2: so just coming back to
1: um i guess when how do we put retail how do we put that kind of uh, decision to transfer into the value for money assessment i don't know if you've got kind of views there um because it, it's it, if you want to prioritize it you yes. know, well, tell us
2: tell us how to do it um, well, I think it does bring it back to being really clear about what, what charges are, right? So present, yeah. presenting that in a really clear way to people at, at the point. So if you're doing a non-advised transfer, you, you don't have to know what the charges are. You can choose to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, you can do that digitally, you can do it non-digitally. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting here is uh, there's been a lot of heavy marketing uh, around consolidation yeah. and vehicles. And my wife, said i'm thinking i might move my stuff to one of these consolidators um and i'm like why would you do that mm. well because she thought that was the only one you could do it's yeah, because it's what yeah. they advertised mm. right. so this is before standard life for advertising yeah, it's a power of marketing you know, and, yeah. And yeah there's no doubt that there's a power of marketing in there yeah and i don't know if that i don't know if it's completely clear to people what they're going to be paying so i think there's a transparency around the charges yeah um things like moving to simplified benefit statements are probably quite helpful yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. exposes that stuff really clearly to you as well yeah and what we, what i think is interesting in this space is that you're going to have lots of people with multiple schemes and those multiple schemes all using sbs simplified benefit statements that look the same right. is actually a benefit to mm-hmm. members because mm-hmm. they can then be getting a much clearer place where they can see the differences of how those schemes are performing because yeah. that's something that people have found difficult to do. Even more difficult when you're consolidating it yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. because you, you don't know what the new one's done. You don't know the new one charges. You only know what your existing ones have done.
0: I think, I think yeah. part of this is about anchoring because yeah. it's very easy for a consolidator and this is my concern to go out there and say oh transfer to a low charging pension scheme. Yeah and that pension scheme to be above the price cap. Yeah. And there's very little policing or, um, or uh, uh, around that at all. And and, it, and they're not doing anything wrong by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, people haven't got the anchor to work out what is low cost or good value. And, yeah. and that's why I think yeah. retail needs to be a part of this. Um, we're running out of time. Can, yeah, this, can, this, I, uh, can we just finish that thought? Because then we should. So, so because I've just
1: heard a number of interventions, which all sound very sensible. Right. So there's an adver standard, Advertising Standards Agency complaint to be made about the words low charges, right? Well, um, yeah, or, well. you know, we need to tell the ASA to think better about what low charges in pensions mean, mm. right? Uh, there's an intervention which says that point of sale, transparency of costs, you know, you, you, you know the, the, the seeding product needs to say what the cost is and you need to tick a box somewhere, right? There's a rule very sensible. But I'm not hearing a value for money, an integrated value for money solution, and for me, the big issue is I might well want a retail pension. Uh, you know, I'm self-employed. Yeah. Um, I uh, want to make choices that are sure. not available.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I want to do uh, some really interesting uh, stuff with my, my property assets. Sure. Or, right? oh, totally. um, so there's a whole bunch of reasons that you couldn't possibly put into an institutional inertial framework as value for money and rate as value for money. And that, for me, is the major challenge, because the big issue... But you do get value
0: if you're a retail purchaser.
2: Yeah, 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So so so, how does
1: this one-size-fits-all consultation and framework, if you extend it to retail, do anything other than tell you that retail is bad value? Mm -hmm. And that is, I just, we might believe it's bad value for because, you know, for the inertial customer. But putting that to one side. Well, we might believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you will prove it by having a framework which says it's for the, the inertial customer is your measurement, and that is my big challenge to the narrative.
2: Are you mixing value and cost there again? Um, no, I don't because, think so. Because you, I'm, I'm, you know there's more, no default. You know, it's more. It's likely to be more expensive, but it could be that you love the app experience that you have. You love being able to keep track of it. It's doing all that stuff for you how you get all that into value so, for money so, so, is, is So no, Robert, is no, no, no. It's
1: the framework of asking inputs versus outputs, right? And having one default that I can do inputs versus outputs on. Hmm. And in, as soon as I move away, I can't even do self-selecting the same value for money framework right. within an institution, right? Hmm. So I may well love all of those choices, and I may not mind that they have Poor risk-adjusted returns because they've got great ESG sustainability credentials or they make me feel good about a whole bunch of different things or they just resonate with whatever. Those are all great reasons that it's good value, but they're just going to be terrible ticks on my institutional framework. That's the big challenge.
0: That's the big challenge.
1: So i just wanted to yeah, yeah extend yeah. our episode yeah. because there's people getting into waterloo
0: just now yeah but, but i want to like, uh, say so, so my final question to robert and then we'll do the do do the wrap up is you, you speak to members a lot mm. yeah you spend yeah. a lot of every, every time you bump into each other yeah. or you're always telling me stories yeah. Um, yeah. and and you know what, what what do members actually want then from all this stuff? Mm. You know, did, did they? They obviously don't ask you. Oh, can you tell me whether my pension is value for money? Because it's no, quite don't. an odd <laughs> question for yeah. them to ask. Yeah. But you know, from from all of your engagement with, from all your discussions, you know, what's what,
2: what, what, how would you sort of play that back into the pensions industry? Yeah, um, I guess one of the key things people want to know is, is it enough? Yeah. Have, have, have I got enough? Um, and can I th- retire? Yeah, don't you? Yeah. Well. The concept of retirement again is, is, is a really uh, is something which makes all of this stuff much more difficult, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say that m- most people want to know is it enough. So as I, I say, I've got three questions: what have I got? Yeah. Is it enough? Yeah. And what can I do next? Yep. And if it isn't enough, then it's what can you do next? And like, how how can you how can you take the friction out of out of all of that stuff for people? Yep. But um, I mean. I'll give you one story about what... Wh- I was amazed the other week. I was at, I was at one uh, one big manufacturing place, right, and every single person that came to see me on that day, and we're talking, like, lots and lots and lots of people, every single person wanted to increase their pension contributions. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, this, what, this, this what's is what's ridiculous. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It turns out that they've... Um, it's the freezing of tax thresholds is catching people now. So when you're in a big industrial plant, you've got union people. Um, they're all agreeing, Say, look, if, if you've just been caught by this new tax, because they've got new contracts in, union have yeah. negotiated them, it's pushed them into higher rate tax mm-hmm. bands. It goes around that you don't have to pay higher rate tax if you pay more money into your pensions. Mm-hmm and keep, literally keep, keep more of your money literally yeah. yeah literally everyone coming to see us that was the question how yeah. do I do this then of course it's a complicated calculation as to how much <laughs> they have to put in yeah. <laughs> um, tail swallowing but, uh, but yeah and, and, it's, and, and that's completely different from the narrative that's on about cost of living it's like people being hit in a different mm. way yeah. and it's fascinating
0: yeah and, and, and how do you sort of extend because that's a unionised environment yeah yeah and I know I need to shut up no. now because we are running out of yeah. time but how do you extend that to mass market auto enrolment the country as a whole
2: I think you just need, we need to make it easier for people to find out what it is that they need to do and what it is that they've got. And the person who's doing the best job of that right now is Martin Lewis. Yeah. 2.4 million people watched his show. Yeah. An hour and a half his show was on for. It wasn't covered by the industry in any way. An a- hour and a half
0: up. on pensions. It yeah. didn't
2: get picked up by the press. It was the number one watched TV show of that at that time when it was on TV. For the entire 90 minutes, it was the number one show on the TV. Yeah. Now, how we bottle that and that's that'll be more important than pension engagement season yeah, more yeah. important than me driving a bus right it, people watching that show now there's going to be self-selectors who watch the show because they're interested in it mm. but it's taking that kind of still a lot of self-selectors yeah taking that kind of model and rolling it out to everyone it, and and he's really clear he's not going Oh, compliance i can't do this kind of yeah, he's yeah. really clear you should be in your pension scheme you should not drop out your pension scheme if you can absolutely afford to stop all your subscriptions, but keep your pension yeah. going, right? Because yeah. uh, you're getting money from your employer. Uh, and, and it's really, Tax. really, really, really clear. That's the way to, f- to improve things here. More people like Martin getting that kind of platform.
0: Yeah,
2: awesome. And, 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 and when you're next on the One Show, we really,
0: expect you <laughs> to, do the, to, <laughs> yeah. to do the same. Uh, A <laughs> yeah. quick plug for the podcast <laughs> would be great. Yeah. No, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, get martin lewis on the podcast like yeah that would be a triumph wouldn't it um so robert you've already mentioned the event um that you've got coming up yeah. um and
2: that's on the that's may, on may the 18th uh, it's an advisor and ebc event yep. so if anybody's interested in coming along to that in contact maybe we'll have des Healy from the dwp along i'm also going to have roy barnes from jagger land rover on mm-hmm. talking about how they managed to move nine well, how they moved nine and a half thousand scheme members up to a higher contribution basis and then the story of how few have actually opted back down and they yeah, did that during cost of living crisis wow. didn't need a change in government rules to make it happen yeah, yeah yeah that's how you improve member outcomes excellent well i'm looking forward to that so and um, that'll be good yeah.
1: um
0: we're and, also and you're looking
2: forward sorry go on yeah and you've
0: got the, you're speaking next week at the
2: pmi, uh, the event. PMI yeah so um, one of the things that we have uh, is access to people's spending patterns right across the bank. So mm. I can see all through cost of living crisis, how people have changed the spending and just how resilient pensions and savings have actually been. And in actual fact, during this time period, people have built up buffers yeah. rather than run them down. Because, partly because the you know, press narrative is, is like, this is going to be terrible. So people are actually saving a bit of money. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not, they've not experienced the full heating costs because they've turned down the heating yeah. they've reduced it they've followed the guidance they've not experienced the full food inflation because they spent less and gone to value places and you yeah. can see all that through the spending patterns that's it's fascinating yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. you're going to be talking about that and I'll yeah. share oh, some that'll of that be brilliant. Week. And um, yeah. because there was quite a few headlines at the start of the year about mass
0: opt-out warnings about right it. yeah, it's just you know I haven't seen it. Well, it's a, it was a scaling thing, wasn't it? it so it was, was like
1: 50% of master trusts said <laughs> that they had seen a reduction in contributions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's only 38 yeah, and, uh, and, and, and so that, that takes 19. It could DC just be computer. one, yeah. Um, so, we're also looking forward to the DG Publishing DC Strategic Summit on the 15th of May, which is my first day back after uh, Your my holiday. holiday.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, and, and thank you for DG again. We have in pod two today. We're in pod two, yeah. This is a new, it's a hotter room. Yeah, it is a uh, But it could be say. just
1: the time of year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a warning for the future. Um, so you can find us on all good podcast platforms. Uh, so please do uh, subscribe uh, with us there. Um, thanks, Robert, for joining us today. You've been fascinating, and um, thank you all to uh, for, for listening to us. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch, uh, please do email us at vfmpensions at gmail and let us know how long you think an episode should be. Yeah, we need a we
0: need a bigger sample. <laughs> yeah, we do need <laughs> a big sample. We're going to
1: ignore a sampler too.
0: Um, and, um, and, and, and next week, we're speaking to Jenny Seagull, um, who has just launched a book on hybrid working. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to discussing that. Um, so until next time, thanks very much, Robert. And it's a
2: bye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.